Hey, listen, this is uh, this is an episode about the South. And it's, it's, it's a Southern state. We cannot curse in this episode. I don't have a problem with that. Really? You have a potty <laughs> mouth. I can refrain when needed. Good. I mean, look, I will admit that I was the one who had to recut the Auburn episode first 30 seconds 75 times to get around myself using I said we're about to drop a lot of Auburn on your A. Uh-huh. And then I felt guilty because everybody there is so pleasant and nice and gentle. Yeah. Nobody swears in the South. Well, there are certain states that they do, but not in that part of Alabama we were in. Mm-mm. Everyone is very prim and proper. You could tell. We needed to wash the Florida off of us. Oh, and the L.A. Yeah. It was more L.A. that we need to wash off. Definitely. But uh-huh. um, yeah, I'm not going to make that mistake again because I spent every time I watched it back. Yeah. I was like, there's something wrong here. There's something wrong here. And then I realized it was you. That's something wrong is me. Uh So I'm going to be on my best behavior. Tell your mom, Nam, this is the Laurel, Mississippi episode. Get it. Check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boys. Hey, listeners. Ever wonder what it would be like to blow up your comfort zone at the tender age of 50? Well, we did just that. When our last kid went off to college, we hit the road in search of a new hometown. Now we bounce from city to city and bring you along for the ride. This is the Skip Town All-Stars podcast. Welcome back all... Oh, you're looking up at the ceiling. Okay. You ready? I am. Welcome back All-Stars to another great edition of Skip Town All-Stars. We are psyched to be coming to you from the cavernous living room of our empty house of our daughter in Corpus Christi. I wonder if it's echoey, like if they can hear the echo, because there's no furniture here except for this card table and two chairs. Yeah, that's literally all we have. Uh-huh. Um, and mattresses on floors. Yeah, we have At least have we're that. not sleeping on an air mattress anymore. That was really uncomfortable. Yeah. I did not like it. You were fine with it, but I don't know how. Because- I was exhausted. What's the name of that movie? Where they go through different layers of consciousness. Oh, um, Inception. Yeah, Inception. I uh-huh. was I was like having Inception sleep. You could have slept outside at that point. I could have slept outside. Yeah, that bed was, the mattress is so uncomfortable. The mosquitoes are hell here though, so I'm sure I would have woken up with a lot of welts on my face. That would have been a sight. I'm sure you would have gotten pleasure out of that. That would have been funny. Uh, at any rate, we're going to do our best here from this Home Depot fold-out table, and we are not talking about Corpus Christi today. Uh-uh. We are talking about Laurel, Mississippi, stop number two in route to Texas. Yep. We went to visit Laurel, Mississippi because, well, if you are an HD. HGTV watcher, then you are very familiar with Laurel, Mississippi in a show called Hometown. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to see what all the hoopla was. And so we did. Yeah, we did not know what to expect when we rolled into town. We had heard great things, but that was not especially visible from the hotel that we booked. No, no, not at all. Uh, we booked a Hampton Inn, which we have been in several times um, on, during our travels. We have frequented several different Hamptons. In, we Hampton. get around. We, we sleep in a lot of hotel rooms. And we are very familiar with the Hampton Inn, and we like it. We know what we're getting every time we go. It's very reasonably priced. 
I don't know, it ranges around 129 to 150, depending on the city you're in. Free breakfast, easy parking. The rooms are always super clean, spacious for all of our podcast stuff. So it's our go-to for certain cities if they don't have other hotels that we enjoy. I tend to like the residence in a little better. You do. You are a residence in fan. They're, they're really loyal. Big. Well, they're big. They have kitchens and, and the rooms. Why. And they're nice. They are. But if there's not a residence in, then we'll do a Hampton Inn. Sure. All of this to say, this Hampton Inn was not a Hampton Inn that was at all like the other Hampton Inns we've been in. What she means by that was it was a Roach Motel. At $250 a night. Mm -hmm. I actually am going to send an email to Hilton and ask them <laughs> if they forgot about their Hampton Inn in Laurel. You know, I like to send emails. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to do it. I mean, I mean, you have so much time in your schedule now that the toenail saga is taken care of. Well, it's not really taken care of. She doesn't have a toenail anymore. I know, but you have no more emails to send. Yes, you are right. I mean, I didn't see a roach, but I was worried about bed bugs. Um, I never put my my luggage on the floor ever. And this one, I did not either. And I was really apprehensive about even putting on the little sofa that was in our room. I, I just... You know, I feel bad for tourists that are coming there, like ourselves. Who wants to pay that kind of money? And the truth is, uh, we could have done an Airbnb, but the Airbnb that was available was $350 a night. And there was no way we were going to pay that. I mean, we're just not. That's We don't have that kind of travel budget. I just, I'm sorry. I just didn't feel like we could swing $350 a night and you wouldn't have done it anyway. Not for two or three days. No. I mean, we've talked about right. this at length. Unless you're staying in an Airbnb for a week, a $400 cleaning fee is not worth it. So no. yeah. So, uh, so we opted for the Hampton Inn. And um, so it was a little disappointing when we arrived because it was nighttime and you, nobody ever gets a really good picture of anything at night. And we did go into town, but Everything was closed. So it was very hard for us to gauge the downtown area of Laurel. Um, it was rainy too. Do you remember? I do. Yeah. So we got there and I mean, I'm just going to speak for myself. I was actually really disappointed when we arrived. I thought, I cannot believe that we are in this $250 a night hotel. And then when we got to downtown, everything was closed and just looked dark. And I was not really feeling it until the next day. Yeah. The next day, I mean... Woke up, weather was nice, it was warm, nice and green everywhere. Yeah, but we were still in a crappy area of town. Yeah, we were. That didn't change. Location we were, was the same. We were in a really not so great area of town. Yes. Sure. So anybody going to visit Laurel, I'm going to tell you right out of the gate, if you're not staying in downtown Laurel, the aesthetics is going to be quite different. One of the important things about the layout of this town is the north side is basically where all the nice communities are. Yeah. So let's get into a little bit about Laurel and uh, what basically, what put it on the map? We we spoke to two locals, a couple that are from Laurel, um, went to college, came back to Laurel mm -hmm. and are raising a son there. They're both educators. And um, their son is nine. So uh, we have an episode on YouTube called Ask a Local that will uh, have the interview with Landon Bryant and his wife, Kate. And we learned a lot sitting with them. And we also learned some things on our own. But um, do you want to talk a little bit about the history, that lesson that we got from them and also 
how it had a what is it? It's, I want to say what's the word when like a, not a resurgence, but like a what? Revival. Thank you. A revival. Um, yeah, but you're bearing the lead a little bit because Landon is actually Landon talks on Instagram. He's got a gazillion followers. He has, uh, I was going to drop that. Okay. He, later. <laughs> I, you just totally he, took my thunder. I, I had know, that. I'm so mad at you right with now. That. It's just way more sexy. Can I say sexy in a Southern podcast? I don't think so. I can't say sexy. No. Uh, it's much more exciting. Dazzling. Dazzling. Okay. I'm going to use the word dazzling. All right, go on. You take um, my thunder about Landon. Anyway, uh, Landon and Kate were kind enough to meet with us and they tell were. us all about their town. Uh, they did a car. They actually, we, they let us in their car. I couldn't believe it. With, I know. with their child. Uh-huh. They didn't even know if we were mass murderers or anything. I, they saw our Instagram. I think they, they, they realized we were fine. Okay. <laughs> you are questionable. They knew I was quite all right. They were like, well, they're a little corny, but they're not dangerous. So you are corny. They knew I was You're quite corny. all right. You're okay. Corny. So anyway, uh, I love that I was sitting in the back with the car seat in between Kate and I. It's been a long time sitting like, wait, did he have a car seat? I don't think so. He's like 10, 11 years oh old. Oh my gosh. It wasn't a car seat. It was just him in the middle with us. Yeah. <laughs> He's like a little, he's a little adult. Um, yeah, but it was fun having a yeah, kid. Yeah, he's a really nice boy. Actually. Totally a great kid. Yeah, really sweet and let us take so much of his parents' time. He was. And one of the benefits of having Landon with us, showing us around, is if you were to check out his Instagram page, you would know he is the de facto authority on all things Southern. Southern habits, Southern ways of speaking, Southern and dress. Southern oh, dress. Speaking of Southern dress, before we went to go meet Landon and Kate, how many times did I change? You took forever. I know I did. I was a basket case. I mean, because I'm in the South. I'm with the pro on all things Southern. So go to Landon Talks and you'll know exactly what James and I are referring to. I did not know what to wear. Honestly, I changed so many times because originally I wanted to wear shorts because it was so hot out. But then I thought, I can't show my legs in the South. They're going to talk about me. They'll be nice to my face. But I know the minute I leave, they're like, oh my gosh, she had shorts on. And <laughs> and even- Bless her heart. Uh-huh. And, uh, and their cellulite. And then I thought, well, the only shorts I really have- I wanted to wear were my white cutoff shorts. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't wear white cutoff denim shorts. Then mm -hmm. I, I had some really cute like shorts that were like more professional looking. I thought I'll wear these. And I, no, I, so then I covered my legs and had pants on and I put like a dress shirt on and I just thought, okay, they can't make fun of me of this. This is like pretty standard, but I'm sure I did something. And you know, those Southern people, they say it in the sweetest way, but they, they cut you to the core. And uh, and sometimes it's when you're uh, heading right to your car, they'll do it. Uh -huh. <laughs> but Landon and Kate did not do that. But all of that to say, I changed eight times in fear of having, you know, a Southern comment placed on me. Yes, you did not get uh, the standard response. Oh, you're so brave. You can just wear anything. We learned that from him, that when someone wears something inappropriate, that someone will say in the most kindest Southern way. Bless your heart. You are not afraid to just put yourself out there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the funny thing about Southerners, and I did say this to a Landon's wife, Kate, your comments are so cutting, but in the sweetest way that I will walk away and it'll take me at least 30 seconds to go, hmm. 
I don't think that was a compliment. And she mm. agreed. She goes, oh, it's happened to me and I'm from here. He was good about explaining that a lot of the things that they say or think or shake their heads at are usually directed to fellow Southerners who, in their mind, they believe should know better. They know their parents. They know how they were raised. When somebody's sort of acting out or whatever, you'll receive way more scorn yeah. as a Southerner uh -huh. than you will as a Northerner coming down and just sort of not knowing how things are I done. I know, but you know their answer to that is, like if we walked in and we had jeans on to an event and it, you know, you don't wear jeans, their answer was, oh, they're from the North. They just don't know any better. That is not a compliment. It's okay. Not. That is just as bad as saying you're brave for wearing that. Yeah. Okay. When he gave that answer, I said, well, what do you say? And he goes, oh, we're just, you know, we're like, oh, they don't know any better. I'm like, that's not any good. <laughs> but anyway, let's get to the history of so, Laurel because we got off track a little bit about Laurel. I Landon. did get off track yeah. a little bit. So the brief history, as we are told, is that uh, there was a timber company or a railroad company or both trying to uh, connect a railroad and eventually one of their choo-choo trains, I guess, <laughs> broke down. And long story short, there were three or four titans who were involved in this industry. And they just decided, well, there's plenty of wood here. We're going to settle down and call this place Laurel. And so, start cutting trees. Yeah. So all these barons basically set their houses up on the north side of what would end up being the north side of town. Uh, fortunately for the city of Laurel, the town of Laurel, uh, these men had wives who were actually civic minded, lots Very. of parks in Laurel, and they actually took an interest in how the downtown was going to look. They didn't want it to end up being a deadwood or something right. like that. No, they, so, yeah. Uh, just a timber or mining town or what have you type thing. So uh, long story short, you had the blueprint of what would become actually a very pretty city. I went past, I think it's called Mason Memorial Park mm -hmm. on the north side of town. It is gorgeous. I mean, I told Landon when we were there, I said, I just, you know, I imagine myself as a kid running through this thing and my mother pulling ticks out of my hair every night. So <laughs> you did. Uh, it was, it, it was really a very picturesque park and it's not the only one. There are mm -hmm. a couple over there. So even though you and I had the misfortune of having to stay on the other side, uh, where all the hotels actually are, there are, there are plenty of great sites to see and greenery and city planning uh, on the other side of downtown. Yeah. Laurel, and honestly, it was only 10 minutes from our hotel. So it's a quick, yeah. it's a quick drive, but um, yeah, it's kind of amazing when you think about when this city was founded, which is, I believe like 1856 or something like somewhere in the 1800s. That's Auburn. What do you think Laurel is? I think we're in over our heads here. Okay, when it whatever. Comes to history stuff. So let's just say when the town was founded, uh, I think it's kind of amazing that they had the foresight to plan it the way they did. And even back then, we learned that for people who could only afford low income housing, which at the time wasn't considered low income, it's just poverty. That's all they called it back then. Um, they built homes for them interspersed with the regular homes in the neighborhood because their thought was they don't want people to feel like they look any different the way they live. Yeah. And they carry that to this day. So when Landon and Kate drove us around downtown Laurel, she would point to a house and say, that's Section 8, which there was no Section 8 back then, but that's Section 8, that's Section 8. You would never know. You would never know a Section 8 apartment from a, you know, 
4,000 square foot home. They right. were taken care of very well. And her and I had this whole discussion about it because that's the that's how you want it done. And I said to her, do the residents that live in the 4,000 square foot home next to the Section 8 apartment, do they squawk? Do you have issues? Are they at the city meetings talking about how they want Section 8 moved out of downtown Laurel and you know to a different area? And she said, no. She said, it's always been like this. It will always be like this. Um, we have those homes mixed in with regular houses for a reason, and nobody has squawked about it, and nobody's tried to change it. And everybody's super chill. Very chill, So yes. it's like, mm, it looks like it's working, right? Yeah. So the one thing that we did learn was that um, in its heyday, it was an extremely wealthy town. Mm -hmm. Had a lot of people coming in and out of it because of the timber industry. Yeah. Um, almost every house that is original to that area has timber from the company and has like the wood floors and even right. the, still the wood cabinets it was pine that they manufactured. Pine. White pine. Yep. yep. So in its heyday, it was, oh, eco economically sound. Mm -hmm. And then from what I, what I learned in our conversation is like somewhere in the nineties, mm -hmm. people started moving out. And then like 2008, I believe Landon said that when the recession hit, it hit really hard in Laurel. Yes. And a lot of, Buildings downtown became boarded up. Mm -hmm. uh, it was sad for a lot of the young folks who had grown up there. It was sad for the entire community. I mean, let's face it. But one thing that sort of came out of that, going back to the revival concept, is that Landon and Kate and people like them, what I presume is the millennial age bracket, mm -hmm all sort of uh, made it a point to talk to other people their age. And all of a sudden in around, I think it was 2015 or something like that, he said, uh, these kids, by our definition, yeah. started coming back to Laurel and trying to at least you know, fix bring up houses, in. bring people in. Yeah, and I thought that was so fascinating because when you live in a small town, just from being with you, the first thing that you told me was I couldn't wait to get out of the small town and experience a big city. Yeah. And Landon and Kate did express that people do leave, but people came back. And what was interesting to me, because I ask a lot of questions, yes, you I, do. I really wanted to know, how do you revive a city on decline? Because you need money. I mean, we can't, let's not gloss over. It takes money to revive it. And what was so interesting about Laurel, and I can't stop thinking about it, the founders of the town and people that came after them formed a committee called the Laurel Main Street Renovation Group. And all of these people started uh, putting these old homes back together with boarded up windows, boarded up doors, overgrown grass. They just started literally brick by brick, going from house to house. And then what they would do is they would they would sell it. They would put it up on the market, make it pretty. And around that time, that's when um, Ben and Aaron from you know hometown they came on the scene around that time, maybe a little earlier. I think they were on the scene more like 12, 2012. And um, they were one of the first people that that took one of the lofts in the downtown area mm -hmm. and redid it because their father owned that building or I think it was, yeah, it was uh, Aaron's dad, I believe that owned that building and it had just been sitting empty. So they redid the top loft. And, mm -hmm. and if you read anything about them, they'll tell you they were the only ones living downtown. Um, 
and then they brought their friends with them. And, uh, and you know, when we met with Landon and Kate, they talked about how people outside of Laurel started hearing a little bit about Laurel, like people from Hattiesburg Mm -hmm. and, you know, friends of friends would say, you should really check out Laurel, but it's the money that the town put together this group, Laurel Main Street Renovation mm-hmm. Group, they started this. And then Aaron and Ben came in and just, boom, blew it out of the water because uh, they got an HGTV show and spotlighted Laurel. And then all of a sudden, uh, you have people from all over the world coming to Laurel. Well, for sure. I mean, uh, tourists for one, uh, home improvement enthusiasts for another. Uh-huh. And basically anybody who wanted to put eyeballs on this town. I mean, uh, so when we were downtown, there are still plenty of opportunities there. Oh, like for sure. Shop front street space. And I guess this organization that you're talking about or the city hall or something like there is a community effort to get people funds to help them out in yeah. starting new businesses in Laurel. You told me that. And I was in shock when you told me that. that well, Landon will... told me that. So it's not like I. <laughs> no, but I didn't I didn't hear him say that. And when you shared that with me, I thought, what a way to revitalize a city. Offer people money to open up a business. Put we met in, yeah. yeah, we met a couple that were oh had a stationary store from Tampa. How mm-hmm. long were they there? Uh, I don't know, maybe five years or less, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was crazy. Um they they heard about it from HGTV. I mean, we bumped into so many people who are now residents just from that show alone. It just is amazing the power of TV, you know this. Media. Media. The power of media and how those two people took an idea that had started like as a grassroots effort and catapulted it. And now it's a destination. I mean, literally, that's what it is. It's a destination. And it's actually a template because they've actually spun that show off now and they're doing hometowns in other places across the country. So- uh, yeah, so you know, the whole, pretty the whole, exciting deal for everybody involved in Laurel to be at the tip of that iceberg, you know? Yeah, and the whole premise of the show, if you're not familiar with this show, is that um, they say our hometown is amazing. We're going to show you how great it is. We're going to fix up some houses here. Mm-hmm. We're going to bring in some businesses, and we're going to show you what you could have in your hometown. Here's the difference. Not every hometown has people that are proud and want to rebuild it. Right. How many hometowns have we driven through? You see the beauty of what it used to be. Yeah. And I heard these stories about Laurel. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see it now. But there isn't that, you know, Laurel Main Street renovation group for this little town outside of, you know, Abilene or this little town. Or even outside. where I grew up. I mean, there are places in Ohio where it's like, dang, this used to be a really cool little oh, place. And That is such know, a good point. So... So there's something to be said about the people of Laurel, because you can't do this everywhere. You have to have hometown pride. And, you know, it gets, I'm not going to lie. It's like, Aaron and Ben, okay, whatever. Like, that's how I, you know, but I have to give it to them. They, yeah, you do. They gave these people their livelihood back. And that is the God's honest truth. That is the God's honest truth. Some of these businesses were hanging on by a thread. Well, not only that, they've renovated over a hundred houses. In this market, Aaron and uh, Ben on the show. Yes, mm-hmm. and that and that doesn't even count the other houses that people have done themselves. That is true. Uh, all mm-hmm. the other properties that you know the housing authority or whatever has helped out with, and Landon is able to point out as we're driving down the street. Oh, that's one of the show houses. That's a show house. 
that's a show house. Those three in a row are show houses. So that's pretty impressive, I it must is. say. It's like that's that's a huge thumbprint to put on it. I know. On sort of the resuscitation of a city. It and is true. It's like you get there and you're like, oh, Aaron and Ben, you know, did this or Aaron Ben is like, okay, great. You know, I watch TV too, dude. You know, it's fine. I know plenty of people <laughs> on TV. Tyra Banks did something once, you know. Uh, Dr. Phil does stuff yeah, all the time. Ellen is, well, forget it. it's a bad example. The last day I was there, I'm not going to lie. I did get caught up in it. We went to Scotsman um, General Store, which is where they film um, him doing the woodworking in the shop. And that I was, shop is incredible. I was the first one to walk in and go, is Ben here? I literally said is this where he works how many days is he here i all of a sudden became like part of the culture you know i look forward maybe one day you and i can make an impact on a hometown like they have wouldn't that be amazing that would be amazing for sure it's beautiful it's something to aspire to i give them all the props in the world until you see the actual impact in the houses that they've redone it's easy to be like, okay, you know, yeah, I've heard their name. I get it. They're from, you know, Chip and Joanna, Waco, there's Ben uh-huh. and Aaron here. You know, I get it. I understand it all. But then when you see the houses, you're like, wow. I know. It's 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 kind of like I was you know, a little awestruck in, in, in moments. So going back for a second, your friends from Tampa who own the print shop, there was something about a bridal registry or something there, right? No, no, but... You're on to something. And this was this was uh, something I was going to bring up about being in the South. Okay, here's something crazy if you haven't visited Alabama or Mississippi, because uh, those two places, I'm very familiar with this, and I learned it quickly. You can go into a little boutique, and a bride can be registered at that boutique. So when you walk in, let's say your friend Cindy is getting married. And- Cindy, finally getting married. Go on. <laughs> and she registered at, I don't know. Uh, this boutique in, we're going to say Laurel. Well, what they'll have on display when you walk in is a table of all the stuff she still didn't get. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) That sounds like the most shaming white elephant thing I've ever heard of in my life. Wait, that's really what... Okay, wait. So, so they're like, like nobody's getting Cindy the Tierra, and that's the only thing left. So you gotta be the one to pony up the uh-huh. extra ducats to get Cindy the Tierra. Uh-huh. Oh my God, are you kidding? What no. kind of? Wait, wait. Okay, that's so horrible. I told my friend about this, right? I told my friend about this, and all she kept saying was, "That's so rude. That's so that rude. So rude." And I thought it was kind of brilliant. I gotta be honest with you. Oh my gosh. So if I was in a rush and I'm running to Cindy's wedding shower and I don't have a gift, I just go into like you know Mary Lou's boutique, and Mary Lou's like, "Huh? Here, here's a table of all the Cindy didn't get." You can't say. Shit. I'm going to have to bleep that. Okay. <laughs> and so I could just hurry scurry and grab two items from the table and and get out of, you know, get on with my day and go on over to the wedding shower. I think it's brilliant. You think it's funny. My friend if, thought it was rude. I think it's great. What if it's six days out from the wedding and Cindy still has like seven things on the, her, on the table? Her friends have not been kind. Oh. Yeah. I bet there's a little bit of embarrassment. I am clutching my pearls for Cindy and how she's going to fare at this wedding. Here's the worst part. What if it's a day before the wedding and Cindy goes in there? Because, you know, all brides do this. Let's, oh, of course. Yeah, because they check their registry online. But Cindy walks into Mary Lou's and sees so many things on her table. Mm. Yeah, her friends did her dirty. It's kind of like seeing the bride before the wedding, I think. It is. Ugh. So that's a very Southern thing. I actually... <laughs> 
my God, it's so crazy. Uh-huh, I thought it was awesome. Uh, and then the other thing that is very Southern, I have not seen this living the, in LA the last seven years, a recipe book, like with index cards. <laughs> yeah, okay. they have them all over Laurel. That's a lot of buildup for recipe books. I'm all just over. telling you. Who has those? Like, I didn't even know they still make them in every you shop. You had me hanging and then you said recipe book. That's a big deal. <laughs> okay. Nobody writes anything anymore. So that means you have to get a pen out and write the, write it down on the index card. Who does that? I've seen this in Mississippi. I've seen this in Alabama. Mm. I have seen this in um, Louisiana. People are writing recipes in a recipe book. Wow. That's like they must be really top secret recipes, like Grandma Gordon's potato salad, which she went to the grave with. I don't know if they're top secret. Love you, Graham. I don't know if they're top secret recipes. I just know the recipe books, and I just don't know anybody sitting down writing out a recipe. But clearly, people in the South still do that, and I give them props. You like that? I love it. I would love for somebody to hand me a recipe book with all handwritten recipes in it. Actually, I have one, and I don't even use it. So what am I saying? What are you saying? I'm saying it's a, it's a, it's a, what is that? Like when it's like a long gone art of the past or what is that? Dying like, art form. Thank you. Uh-huh. You got it. I'm here for you. Uh-huh. Um, which reminds me. So, you know, we've talked about this before. When you, when you go to a website, right. And it's like something, something chef.com. And you go there and it's like, my husband, Bill loves these taters. It makes his warms, his cockles and it makes him do extra chores on Sunday and all this stuff. And you're like, they give you these like 10 paragraphs of story. Oh, it's torture. As you're trying to look up a recipe, recipe for chicken noodle soup. It's you're torture. always sick. So I'm often looking for a chicken noodle soup recipe because <laughs> I, I don't have it memorized. You should by now. I probably should. I should have my own. I should have my own recipe book i'll get you one (laughs) you know where to get me one i do i found a gem and i have to share this i know we're not we're talking about laurel mississippi but this is so this website is so awesome it's called justtherecipe.com if you take the url of the recipe where mary lou is spelling out everything that's great about this recipe and you have to scroll through 50 ads and it's 10 a blog. paragraphs it's just a food blogger a blog. honey that's what she's it's a called. food blogger it's a blog right i know that word <sighs> and so it takes all the bloggery out of it it just gets and right literally to it. gets right to that one cup of this one cup of that your shopping list parsley i highly recommend guys if you have if there are any do any guys listen to our show oh yeah there oh, are yes okay good Guys, if you ever need a quick recipe for your lady friend for a romantic evening and you don't have time to scroll through Moses long texts, by all means, use justtherecipe.com. That's your public service announcement for this episode. Now back to our regularly scheduled Laurel information. Let's talk about when we went to Scotsman General Store, Mm -hmm. that car that was parked in the driveway. Oh, you had a problem. I followed him. You were, yeah, you were a little, uh, I thought you were going to end up on one of those Karen TikTok channels. I did too. So this Yahoo from Tennessee decided that he was going to park his car in a way of, so it's a parking little row of diagonal cars. Well, if you park in the middle of that, 
you can't park diagonal and you can't continue. So you're stuck. Any case, okay. Well, he didn't, it's not like he parked a different way. It's He parked straight. It's a one way. He parked straight. It was a one way with diagonal parking spaces. And he spaces, parked, in, and the he parked middle, in the one way. In the middle, right, right. of the so one way. That's the explanation. So you couldn't even go and park. So that's then the I get out and I go in the store and it's loaded with people. And I said- You couldn't even like focus I on couldn't. the shop until you knew- who was driving this truck? I, I couldn't. And yeah. I walked in and I said, who parked out there like that? Who parked out here like that? Mm -hmm. And the two uh, guys inside were like, we're trying to figure it out. We keep asking people. No one's fessing up to it, blah, blah, blah. And I go, okay, just wait. Wait till they come out. Let, let's let's see who walks to the car. So mm -hmm. I keep walking to the front door to see who's walking to that car. Well, then I get wrapped up in a conversation because everyone in the South is super friendly. Mm. So take note, if you are going to visit any place in the South at an hour just for idle conversation. We have definitely in our travels now that we've been around the South enough, uh, we have definitely in our production schedule, we have padded an extra hour of Jimmy talking time. <laughs> Because all I of a sudden you're talk like to everybody. Uh, it's like you're the mayor. I met it, a guy named Charles from Jackson, Mississippi. We had a great conversation. He you got was, a problem with that? I think he was the one from Tennessee. He was not. It was not him. I know. You keep saying that because you were friends with him all of a sudden. And then you no, were like, no, that no. wasn't him who parked I was that upstairs back. and then I came downstairs. And, and the car was the gone. The car was gone. And then I met Charles. It was not Charles. Charles. Charles an ex-preacher, by the way. So don't mess. Okay. Jesus is watching. Anyway, the car moved, but I got wrapped up in a conversation. I didn't see the car move. So I, I really was not happy about the fact that I didn't see who who blocked up that uh, driveway. And they did tell me the two kids in there, oh, it was somebody that was in the store and they heard us and they knew that it was them and they didn't move. Anyway, so <laughs> I said to James, there's only a couple stores open. So I bet you were there at the next store. They weren't, but they were right down the street. And I did a U-turn because I was like, I want to see who these people are. Yeah. And you still never did. I think they had a baby. I think they were the ones with the buggy. Okay. But anyway, well, it's not like we like there's no ending to this story. We did not confront them. So you annoying. I'm still talking a about bunch it. of who these who people does that. Who, I know, who but does who that? cares? It's a it's South. So obnoxious. Just drive around, park somewhere else. That's what everybody else did. You need to ease. Up. I had to park. You it. need to spend another week in Laurel, Mississippi. All right, real quick, we want to give a shout out to one of our listeners who always interacts with us and even me mm -hmm. on Instagram. I really appreciate it. He goes by the handle of Grable's Toby. I'm going to go by Toby for the sake of this message. Could be his last name. It could be. So, yo, Toby. <laughs> Uh, I just want to say thanks for always interacting with us. We really appreciate all the responses you give us and the fact that you have been hanging around for so long. It means a lot. And we really appreciate it as well as everybody else who's interacting with us on social media. Keep them coming. Now back to the episode. Uh, yeah. Moving on. Okay, moving on. Uh, let's talk about how Everything closes at three o'clock in the South, James. Everything closes at three o'clock in the South. I, I really don't want to hyper-focus on this in the Laurel episode because when we get to Natchitoches, Louisiana next week, have we got a tale to tell you? Here's what I don't understand. Okay, if, you're a, if you went to Wharton Business School or you're a Harvard business grad, please text me, call me. I'll give you my number. I want to know. Is it good business practice that if you're in a town that is 
you know, highly driven by tourism, you close at three o'clock on a Saturday, you don't open on a Sunday and you're closed on Monday. Monday I get, but Sunday tourists are still lingering. And why three o'clock on a Saturday? Everybody, the bakery, the stationery store, the shoe store, the restaurant. Oh, forget if you like miss lunch and you want to have a late lunch. Everything in the South closes at two and doesn't open again if they're a restaurant until five. It's unbelievable. They don't understand capitalism. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't get it. I, I can appreciate those that want to be home with their families for dinner at five or six o'clock. Three o'clock. But there were some three o'clock restaurants where it was a no. real head scratcher. I was like, what's going on here? I need uh, somebody to I tell gotta me. I got to get up at like 5 a.m. in the morning just to have an experience in this town. I need somebody to tell me with any kind of business sense, why 3 p.m.? There's a reason. And you can't say it's to be home with your family. Well, then close at five. Like dinner's at six. Yeah, I mean, it only takes 10 minutes to get home from anywhere in the downtown Less area. Less than that, you probably walk. <laughs> you probably do walk, yeah. yeah. So uh, I was thoroughly annoyed. I, I mean, I, so I said, to, I said to everybody, so if you want to come and enjoy the Laurel experience, you need to come on, be here during the day on Friday mm -hmm. and know you better get up early on Saturday and have your breakfast or your lunch and be out by three. Yeah, I was just about to say, I hope you like lunch because you ain't getting dinner. No. But, but for a few places. You are so right about that. Yeah. yeah. So to me, um, if I were to open up a business in Laurel, I'd be open late. It'd, be, it'd be an all night diner? No, I'm not going to do a diner. But if I had a store, it would be a late night. I'd stay open to like seven. I'd be the only one open, but what I don't care. What would you care. sell? What would people want that late in Laurel, Mississippi? I don't know. Vapes. I mean, oh God, no. <laughs> That's a sweet little town, and I don't vape, so I'm no. Joking. No. Yeah, I'm gonna open up a CBD shop. It's the only thing that's ever opened that late. <laughs> I'll open up a CBD shop. A liquor store. I think they'll give me a license for a CBD shop? I do not think. No, you will not be receiving a license for a CBD shop. Look, I know that there's like a fabulous bakery there. But I missed the opening, so I can't like it closed before mm -hmm. I could get there, and they weren't open on Sunday. I would open up a bakery just to compete with her. All I'd have to do is be open later, open on Sunday, and stay open later during the week. I would make so much money. Yeah. So watch out, I'm coming for you. So uh, I don't bake though. So, I'd hire a baker. I would hire a baker. Are you? I'm letting you know okay. that I would hire a baker and I'd still do really well. All I have to do is stay open and pass three. Well, of course you would hire a baker. You're not a baker. I know. You haven't been to school. I, that's to like bake. a great idea. I think we should. And you don't we have a grandma. We should, we should pursue this. We should not at all. <laughs> I could be major competition. For who? That girl that's there. There's only one baker there. There's only one baker. Yeah. Yeah. Just open up when she, just open up at 301. Uh-huh. Till seven. You sell cupcakes. Yeah, I'll be until... open on Sundays and Mondays. Uh -huh. I'm telling you. I think were... you're going to need a CBD shop in town if you're going to be selling cupcakes at midnight. No, I wouldn't stay open till midnight. Okay. I told you. 7 p.m. So you're only going to be open from three to seven. All right. Let me think about this. There are a couple of restaurants that yeah, are open up late. So I may stay open until nine. I would do very well. But go ahead. Um, I don't even know where I was going. <laughs> this is a conversation. <laughs> I don't you're even laughing know. now. When I'm Cause, like, because you're when, funny. When I'm stacking dollars, remember you'll I, be the last one. I can laughing. admit when you're funny. Okay. And I know you're not intentionally trying to be funny right now, but you are being funny. You'll see. 
Uh, okay, so what that left then was a couple days of scrambling around because, you know, Denise and I have this tendency to not eat lunch until 3 p.m. It's terrible. And not eat dinner till 7 or 8 or 9 p.m. After missing lunch. Like, we can go all day and not eat. It's right. an ugly sight to And to then when we do, see. we order everything on the menu, but that's a different story. For some strange reason, we're still on West Coast time when it comes to our eating, uh-huh. our meal habits. It's horrible. And the worst part, I'm just going to tell you, is like, when we were in Laurel, because we went all day and didn't eat. So we, we had our interview with Landon and Kate. Mm-hmm. We didn't have breakfast because we were getting ready. Our meet with them was at noon. We didn't have lunch. We were going to take them to lunch, but then they wanted to spend time with their son. So they did. And so we thought, okay, no problem. We'll go and grab lunch. Well, by the time we got to downtown Laurel, which was just two minutes away, there was no place to eat. And I was so angry at you. I don't know why. I was so angry at we you. We just had a nice time. We did a great interview. I, I had to be mad at somebody, and I was just mad at you. What did we do for food? You ate ice cream. I did. You it went was to the horrible. ice cream parlor. It was horrible. It wasn't even good. I was so mad then. Well, you don't like Bluebell ice cream, and that seems to be like, yeah. is it Bluebell? Is that the name of it? Mm-hmm. It is. You're not a fan. You're a Briars no. girl. Yeah, I was mad at you that we missed lunch, and I was mad at me that I picked that place to have my lunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. not good. Um, I don't like bluebell ice cream, but anyway, um, so yeah, so I was going to talk a little bit about myself now. Oh, go ahead. Okay. So, uh, I woke up early one of those mornings and I went to a place called Lee's coffee. It was fine. Nothing special. Uh, but then for whatever reason, because everything was closed, you and I went back to Lee's coffee. I hate, I really don't like, especially when I'm in a small town ending up in the same place twice. Like I try and make it a rule not just for the sake of the show, but also for like my own sort of exploratory nature. I don't like repeating steps, especially in a three-day visit in a small town. And the fact that we went back to Lee's Coffee for lunch that same dang day, I said dang. Uh um, It got you really mad. When your sandwich arrived- I had a bee in my bonnet. Is that how they say it? You did have a bee I in had your a bee in my bonnet. When your sandwich arrived, even though it looked good, you looked at oh, me before I ate you it with even a scowl. Yeah. Before you took a bite and you go, I'm never coming back here. <laughs> I did say that. And I said, okay. <laughs> and I ate my salad. And, and as I was saying it, I knew very well I could end up back there tomorrow. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> and so because uh-huh. of the way we plan our food yeah. and how it just is completely juxtaposed in the wrong direction with the hours that restaurants keep in the South. Oh, yeah. We have to switch it up. I don't know if we're ever going to learn. We got to learn. We've gotten burned so many times. I personally don't mind eating at the same place if it's a good place. So I don't have the same hang up as you do, especially Mm. if it's only one of three places that are open. I don't mind going back at all. Um, Yeah, you were not happy when we were heading over there. Uh, You were like, oh. I I don't know if I made that exact sound. Okay. So what was your takeaway from visiting Laurel? I mean, I told you a little bit about it beforehand. Yeah. Uh, but what were you expecting? And tell me what you got. Well, whenever I hear the word television show involved, I... Oh, you're act- such a jaded brat. I am a jaded brat. I actually expect shoddy construction. Oh, but that's s- par for the course. Stuff thrown together quickly by probably a subpar crew trucked in from somewhere else. Uh, I did not really see that. I mean, I had, I, we did not go inside any of these houses in fairness, but everything on the outside looked, I mean, if it was a facade, it was a really beautiful, classy 
and um, authentic facade. So no, I, I, I mean, Landon and Kate never once said anything about the houses. Absolutely and, not. And remember that woman we met from Canada? Yeah. She said her house was beautiful. So, um, so go ahead. So, I so uh, what was my take? Uh, so, uh, aside from the TV thing, I actually just thought, I actually thought the town would skew a lot older than it actually did. It was a mix of generations there, and that was really that was that was like a real pleasure to see. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I grew up in a small town church. And when I was reaching a certain age, it was pretty obvious that my friends and I were all going to go off to college and do whatever. And it just seemed like the church was aging. And that's usually a sign of a dying church. And it's also the sign of a dying town when, you know, everybody's either low income or old. That's a really bad situation, you know, uh, whether or not whatever people's economic status is in Laurel, Mississippi, there's a real vibrancy in the people there. Like they're really happy, truly happy to be living there. And that was refreshing to see. I didn't think I would totally expect that. In fact, I actually thought um, I would get a few people saying, oh, Ben and Aaron, they ain't all that, you know, or whatever. Not a single person. Not, not a single person person that says a lot i mean that says a lot remember that lady that you interviewed um at lot furniture not yeah. even interviewed oh my Angie. gosh am i saying interview i didn't mean that you talked to her mm -hmm. i you pulled out the camera because she was so engaging she was the owner she is definitely making the ask a local episode angie and her husband rodney yeah, yeah they we didn't know that they were the owners and we walked in just to frequent the mm -hmm the furniture store, they were one of the places open on Sunday. Yep. So I was like, let's go. Uh, I didn't know Rodney and, and Angela owned it. And when you were talking to them, Rodney immediately said, oh, Ben and Aaron this, Ben and Aaron that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, enough of Ben and Aaron. And then Angela um, said, uh, they, they did so much for this town. And what happened when she started talking about them? She teared up. Yep. She got very teary. Uh, her own civic pride began to well up inside her and come out of her eyeballs. Her daughter opened up a business next to the furniture store. Remember the buzzard? Yeah, and it's the a buzzard. It's like I think they were restaurant. applying for it. Yeah, it's a restaurant bar. There's going to be a bar. Yeah. They were just about to get their liquor license when we were there. And then up above the bar was an Airbnb that the daughter. Yep. Yeah, and she so she, her daughter was 26 years old. And another story of a young person mm -hmm. coming back to Laurel after college and starting a business. I mean, that's really unheard of. I mean, yeah. we heard that in Auburn, Alabama, that people come back because Auburn's such a big draw and it's a vibrant city. We heard that from a lot of people that, um, you know, people come back to Auburn after retiring or college kids stay in Auburn to go to Laurel. And hear that people were coming back after college. Yeah. And then her daughter being a prime example and starting a business at 26. It was great. I'm I'm not gonna lie. Like it was really, really great. Yeah. It was a touching moment. You could really feel the love that she had for this place, the fact that her daughter was there with her. Yeah. And uh just what everybody, Ben and Aaron included, uh, but what everybody around her was trying to do with this community. Yeah. So it was pretty great. 
So you expected it to skew more older. So you were surprised at the- Older and a little more cynical, I guess. Yeah. But I wasn't, and I just, I knew because, you know, again, we talk about it ad nauseum, uh, because we're in the South and like people are very gentle with their words, even if their intentions are, you know, aggressive. Uh, I, I just expected to pick up on more nuanced reactions when talking about the city at large, Ben and Aaron, everything, you know, the young kids coming back, whatever. Nobody, I mean, nobody talked about politics at all. Oh, I didn't have a single person tell me they were Republican or Democrat. That's reason enough to move there. Okay. We had a conversation about this. We spoke to Landon and Kate. Mm -hmm. I asked them, I said, it was really odd driving from, um, Alabama to Mississippi yeah, through some really blood red counties in terms of electorate. Right? I didn't see. Yes. I did not see one Confederate flag. And I said to James, have you noticed the whole time we've been driving and it's a five hour drive, not one Confederate flag. I mean, I see Confederate no, flags no in Tampa, Trump Florida. Signs. Yeah, there, no, there weren't even any Trump signs. Yeah, uh, no, none of that. And I asked Landon and Kate about it and they said, Oh, people here in the South, are very prideful and and hold a certain decorum about themselves. Yeah, they just and want that to put is, their best face to the world that's kind it. of thing. You said it. Yes. Yeah. And so having a Confederate flag waving in your front yard and uh, a bunch of Trump flags just is too much information. And people in the South don't always like to give so much information. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're never going to find any Biden signs in any of those lawns oh, either. Oh, no, you're never. No, you're not. <laughs> to be fair. But uh, maybe it's just a foregone conclusion that everybody's going to vote Republican in the next election. It's like, why put out all the signs, you know? But, I don't know. I mean, look, I, there's there's Confederate flags and Trump signs in Tampa, Florida. That's true. Florida's different, though. It is not the South. I know. Florida is so different. But also, it's it, not the South. Okay, either is Ohio. Ohio's as north as you can get. And there's uh, Confederate flags when I go visit your family. Yep. Okay, you're going to take that back. Not my family. <laughs> Does your family live in Ohio? They do, but they do not have Confederate flags oh, in their okay, front yard. Oh, okay, not their family. But yeah, when I go okay. visit your so family- clean that up. Okay. Clean that up. How do I clean that up? Uh, <laughs> did give a disclaimer right now that no no Confederate flags have ever been seen in the front yards no, of my family. I, okay, there are no Confederate flags in the front yard of your family, but when we go Thank to you. Ohio- I'm saying as there north, are Confederate yeah, flags, as north stickers as, on trucks. Yeah. I know. I, I don't know understand it. Ohio is so north. But in any case, so yeah, I found that interesting. And Ohio's like Florida's little brother at this point. I mean, yeah, All we right. can't get into this. No, we cannot. We <laughs> actually can. We actually can we do it. We gotta stay out of this. Like, <laughs> but this is a whole okay. different episode. All right. Uh, okay, so let's not beat around the bush anymore. Could you live in Laurel? Oh, 100%. You could. Oh, yeah. You didn't seem that big a fan sometimes when we were there. I was just tired of hearing about Ben and Aaron. <laughs> I was a little jealous. They have a TV show. but uh, That's no. really what it comes down uh -huh. You're not a hater. You're yeah. just jealous. Uh-huh, a little bit. <laughs> I was like, oh, who are these two? Anyway, they're two fabulous people, Turns clearly. Turns out they're pretty damn yeah, good. They're yeah. pretty good. Uh, I could buy a house there, and I'll tell you why. The airport is an hour and 30 minutes away. Mm -hmm. Jackson, Mississippi. Mm -hmm. And if I wanted to go to Hattiesburg, it's 45 minutes, but it's like one of those towns you need a connector. Uh, grocery stores are close. You could get an adorable house with a little piece of property. What I noticed is that, well, 
it's not real prevalent, but I think this is going to happen. Okay. I didn't notice it. I'm making this up, but I'm just going to tell you what I'm thinking. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm totally wait, this wait, up. wait, 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 wait. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now what I'm thinking. This is a fact, but you're making it up, but you you know that, but you're just going to give yeah, your it's opinion. It's not a fact. Yeah. It's just an opinion. Okay. I do think. I just want to be clear. Yeah. I think there's opportunity to buy a piece of real estate and it be really a good investment in five years. Here's what I think. I think Laurel, Mississippi is going to turn into Fairhope, Alabama. You just need to give it five years where it's this cute little town and people catch on and real estate starts going up. People are fixing up houses. So that little town starts going like you get, you know, two circles and you're like mm -hmm. two miles out, then five miles out, then 10 miles out. The last day we were there, we met four people in one hour and 60 minutes that moved to Laurel because of the show. Yep. So one came from Michigan. Mm -hmm. One came from Vancouver Island mm -hmm. and one came from North Carolina and one came from South Carolina. It was incredible in all ages. The woman from Michigan was well into retirement age. So she had to be like 70 maybe. Yep. The woman that worked in the store was on the show. Her house uh, got refurnished and she came. Renovated. Sorry, renovated. Her house got renovated and mm -hmm. she came to Laurel because of hometown, never anticipating her house being on the show, just thought it was lovely, wanted to visit it and fell in love with it. Vancouver Island, and she was probably in her late 40s. Then the other two were really young girls, like in their late 20s, maybe early 30s. And I asked them, did you come here because of the show? And their answer was yes. And I thought, these are young girls yeah. moving there. But you know what? You can get a home. It's mm -hmm. affordable. It is. Houses range from like, what was it? Three something, 325? Some houses, 200, depending on where and the size. Oh. But 200 to 400, 450. You could go to 200. You just had to move a tiny bit further out. And when I yeah. say a little further out, I'm talking maybe a few blocks because the downtown area right. is so small. I'm not talking miles. So yes, because of all of that, because I see that it's growing, because I see that there's still room to grow a business there, yeah. um, I would move there for all those reasons. Okay, mm -hmm. They don't have public transportation, but you can walk everywhere. You don't need it. So it's it goes back to Savannah, Georgia. Like, right. you know, we don't need public transportation. If we're going to live there, we can walk everywhere. The people are really, really nice. There's a sense they of are. pride in the hometown. Who wouldn't want to live in a place like that? So I could live there, but what about you? I could. And there's kind of an asterisk because uh, it's weird. It's like, when we showed up in Opelika or Auburn, I was like, this community is great. There's just way more of a turnkey feel to to moving to a place like Auburn or oh, Savannah. For sure. Or like everything's sort of all built in. I would say I could live in Laurel, Mississippi, but my mindset going into it would be like, okay, time to roll up your sleeves. We got a lot of work ahead of us. Oh, you know what I mean? Oh, and I'm not just talking like remodeling our house or whatever. I'm talking about like building a community. Now, the one thing that makes me feel really good about that is going back to your uh, new friend from Canada um, <laughs> yeah. in, in the store. Uh, she used a word there that really sort of set off in my mind something that I hadn't really considered in all of our travels. She said, there are the OGs, the people from Laurel. There are people who have come back to Laurel and there's a whole expat community there. She said that. I forgot she about that. She said expats and uh, expats. I'm like butchering that word right now. But 
that made me think of, you know, sort of these enclaves of, uh, you know, Americans living in a small town in Germany or something like that. And it actually rang a bell in my head because that's what we're going to be eventually when we pick our town, you know, and Uh we need a community that's going to welcome people like us. And per this woman from Vancouver, she has found that there. Mm -hmm. And so it was strange. I mean, I didn't, especially the more, the night we rolled in and the morning we woke up, I was not expecting to leave there, but uh, with the wheels spinning in my head. But I have to say, I've thought about Laurel every day since we've been there. Oh my gosh. You have not told me that. I have. What have you thought about? uh, There's just this like, in terms of potential, it's like it's huge. Every little wish list, like you throw out crazy fabricated baking company or whatever. That's not crazy. <laughs> it's I'm not gonna, crazy. I know. I'm gonna you, be. I know you could totally start a baking company. Uh huh. I don't think you would like it, but you would. You could. There's not. There's nothing to say you couldn't do it. I just don't think you would like it very much. But it's you know working in food. I mean, it's difficult. But um, the bottom line is. There are so many storefronts there that are just like ripe for the picking. It's true. And so you have a community that will support you, an organization that may actually help you get funds. You have your own house that now you're crazy about living in. Um, and now you have the potential to start a business. With tourists. You have a built-in You have a built in client base. Yeah. Do you realize that? Like you're going to yeah. a town. I could literally start a shoe repair shop. And a leather handbag repair shop for everyone that lives in the area. You are getting so random no, right I, now. I know, but I'm thinking about all the things. Geppetto. Town- <laughs> Geppetto over here. <laughs> I'm thinking about all the things this town doesn't have. Oh, God. Not to mention the built-in client base. The built-in client base with tourists. Okay, tourists aren't going to get their shoes repaired. But I'm telling you, there's no shoe repair shop f- for miles. And if people like to fix up their shoes the way they like to fix up their I'm houses in Laurel, you are the queen. I am that person. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but all kidding aside, you're right. I mean, I do think this is going to be fair hope. I'm not kidding. I really yeah. do. Like the, um, the fact that you haven't stopped thinking about it, though, is really- It's just the underlying, like, uh, you know, you get inspired. Like, I watch Gary V on LinkedIn and stuff like that. And it's like the whole entrepreneurial yeah. spirit that has permeated every ounce of- American fabric at this point. Uh, you know, some of that resides in me. And as we were leaving Laurel, I was like, I could do this, I could do that, or maybe I won't do that. Or I could still work, work remotely above and then own the place down below and then walk to my house. And there were just so many op- like possibilities. I mean, there's just no other way to say it. My politics don't really agree with the state of Mississippi. So that my- would be a, a hitch. And Jackson is the closest airport and it's not far. But it's, it's not a major hub. No, and it's an hour and 30. So it's still further than I like to be. But I'm good with an hour and 30, but it's still not like trying to fly out of Atlanta or something it's like that. It's true. So you're still probably going to be getting a lot of connectors going everywhere. But you have uh, to think about everything if else. If the trade off is uh, I can keep my career while I build another business and have a cool house, I don't know, man. It may be worth a look, you know? Yeah. So isn't that interesting? We hit two cities in a row that we could both live in. Yeah. I would pick Opelika, I think, over Laurel because of what you said. It's already has, it's more established. But Opelika, the only downside, well, there's no downside. The only difference between Opelika and Laurel is Laurel has that built-in tourism that Opelika does not have. I would also say the 
energy of Laurel surpasses that of Opelika. Do you think it's just because we met more people in Laurel? People in in Alabama, well, people in Auburn, Mm -hmm. let's be clear, people in Auburn love their town. Opelika is only 10 minutes. We're talking Opelika. No, it's only ten are, minutes outside of Auburn's Auburn. energy pa- surpasses probably. I don't. I probably think of two cities that I've ever like. Barcelona, Spain is like Barcelona, Spain has more energy than Auburn, and I can't name too many other cities. I know Auburn is just full of so but, much energy. But I'm just saying the energy. I know Opelika is like more relaxed environment. It's more of like you oh, know. Oh, I'm so sorry. I thought you meant the energy of people loving their town. I'm so sorry. I misunderstood. Just vibe, just oh, like the energy of yes. the town. You're right. Like, you're it right. was a you're slow right. day when we were there. Okay. Laurel does have more energy than Opelika. Yeah. But Opelika is bigger and it's so charming. I loved it. And I it's mean, not totally closed at three it's o'clock. Not. They have some places open until yeah. at least 6 p.m. It'd be tough, but it's just odd that we've traveled this much, this much, and we never got two cities back to back that we said we can move to. And this is the first time this has ever happened where we have Auburn slash Obelika mm-hmm. and then Laurel, Mississippi. And they're both train towns. They are both train towns because they that have weird? lots of trains. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Lots of trains. Yeah. So all that said, I mean, you know, I mentioned it a little earlier. Like I went into a couple of restaurants. Like we went into another restaurant called The Loft or something like that. Yeah, I think the, that's what the name. Yeah, The Loft. The food was eh. Um, but I... I I personally, you can do whatever you want because it's your show too, but uh, I personally do not have a top and bottom five. Uh, my top five is basically the community, and that's just number one, and that's really all you need to know about Laurel. We've talked about it at length. I don't feel it's really fair to pick on some of these restaurants no. that we went into in coffee shops because, let's face it, five years ago, there was nothing there. It's true. There was nothing there. Yeah, it is very so true. So who am I to like, you know, kick somebody who's starting out and trying to figure out their business and what works and what doesn't, what tastes good, what doesn't, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like we're not food critics. I mean, we just share. Not. Yeah, we just hate experience. stuff sometimes. <laughs> we do. And we'll we'll put it on blast here. I rate I I rave about places too though. And we do. And we put it on yeah. blast here. So, uh, we're not food critics and I say this all the time. Somebody actually sent us a message and said, "Can you talk more about food?" And I was like, "Oh, it's just my opinion. I'm not a professional food critic. So I'll just mention what I like and what I don't like. Uh, At this point, let's just give them thumbs up on everything. I give them a thumbs up on everything. Anything else would feel like sort of pinching a baby or something. You know, (laughs) I agree. I agree. (laughs) Who's going to pick on this cute little baby called Laurel, Mississippi? Certainly not I. Me neither. I'm all for it. I thought it was a great city. I would definitely go back and visit for a longer stay. Okay, so just not in that hotel. Oh, for sure, not that hotel. I would have to say I don't have, and I'm not copying you because I am my own independent person. As if anybody didn't already know that. Well, I'm just stating that because I'm about to say something you just said. You're about to make a proclamation. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, babe, make your proclamation. If I had to say one thing, I'm just going to say one thing. I was floored that their museum, they have an art museum there. Oh, yeah, it's really nice. It has a Rodan. It has a Rodan Mm -hmm. in a museum in Laurel, Mississippi. So if I had to say anything, I'm like, oh, that is insane. And that would be in a top five if I had one, because you're not expecting that in a neighborhood art museum. And it's legitimately in a neighborhood. It is. It is tucked like across the street is a house. To the right of it is a house. There's a little playhouse and then there's the ice cream store. (laughs) It's like right there. Yeah. So there was a Rodan. So that's pretty incredible. But again, it's a new town. 
I don't have a top or bottom. I think I thought the visit was great. And don't forget, if you're watching us on YouTube or want to hear uh, Landon Bryan and his wife, Kate, definitely check out our episode uh, called Ask a Local. And Landon, please look at his Instagram and TikTok. He's hysterical for all things Southern. You definitely want to uh, look at his pages. Uh, it's really funny. You're going to learn a lot. I learned so much. I learned, you know what one of the things I learned from his uh, Instagram? Do tell. Do you know who's in charge of a Southern dinner when you go to one? Who? The person that brings a sweet tea. Did you? I, I thought it was the person that brought the meat. No, I did too. No. The meat's I, the most expensive thing. No, it's the person that brought the sweet tea. Really? Yeah, he did a whole Instagram and TikTok about it. So yeah, so you don't mess with the woman that brought the sweet tea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and did you also know, you know, what something else that we learned? I'm, tell me, I'm here for it. Grandpa's in charge of dinners. I think you saw that Instagram too. I did. Where he said that grandma is really in charge, but they make everyone feel like grandpa's in charge. Oh yeah. I remember it was, if you had a hand vote, everybody would say grandpa was in charge because grandpa actually ordains or decides the person who is uh, worthy of saying the meal prayer, if it's going to be anybody other than grandpa. That is true. Uh, but if it was a secret ballot, everybody would vote for grandma. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that totally tracks. That totally Isn't that tracks. awesome? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, my gosh. Great. There's so many good Southernisms on Landon Talk's page. So please, it's L-A-N-D-O-N-T as in Tom, A-L-K as in Kite, S as in Sam. I think I just dated myself with that. It's, it's all good. At Landon Talks on Instagram is a place you want to head. And TikTok. Yeah, I just watched one on bacon grease a little while ago. Oh. Bacon grease is good. Highly recommend bacon grease. You know it's a sin in the South if you toss that in the uh, trash. There, there's also a way to save it Oh, and okay. use it and prepare it. And you could tell I'm not going to ruin it for you. All right. All right. I will check that one <laughs> yeah. out. So the official Skip Town position is if you got a problem with anything in Laurel, Mississippi, roll up your sleeves and get to work. Well, you're the problem. I am the problem. No, meaning if you have a problem with it, you're the problem. Oh, you're the problem. No, you're the problem. I know I'm the problem. No. <laughs> I believe firmly, be a part of the problem, not the solution. Oh, you, you, and you live by that. <laughs> There's no question about it. You live by that. Okay. Take them out. Empty nest, full tank. We'll see you guys next week from Natchitoches, Louisiana. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Bye.